Hello and welcome to the All Terrain podcast brought to you by the Children and Youth Department of the Salvation Army in the United Kingdom and Ireland. I'm Jo Taylor and in each episode I invite a guest to take a hypothetical hike with me as we find out about their real life journey to this point. Along the way they'll make four choices and answer four questions. In this episode our guests are Commissioners Paul and Janine Main. Paul and Janine have been Salvation Army officers for 37 years. They've served in a variety of core appointments in England, Wales and the Isle of Man and also in DHQ and THQ appointments in the United Kingdom and Ireland and the Caribbean Territory. Until recently, Paul has served as Chief Secretary and Janine is Territorial Secretary for Leader Development in the UK and Ireland. But this month have taken up new appointments as Territorial Commander and Territorial Leader for Leader Development, respectively. Paul and Janine have been married for 36 years. They've got two adult children and four grandchildren who they love spending time with. As you can imagine, free time is at a premium for them, but they're always energised and encouraged by the weekends they spend travelling around the UK, discovering new places and meeting new people and seeing the Salvation Army in all its diversity. This episode was recorded at Together 23, a Territorial Salvation Army event back in July, at which point they were in their previous appointments. But I hope you enjoy this conversation that we had in getting to know our new Territorial leaders and the energy and the passion and the experience and wisdom that they're going to be bringing to these new appointments. So without further ado, let's hear what they have to say. So hello. And welcome to the All Terrain podcast, which is brought to you by the Children and Youth Department of the Salvation Army in the UK and Ireland. And today we're live at Together 23. I'm Jo Taylor, and in each episode of the podcast, I invite guests to join me for a hypothetical hike, and we find out about their real-life journey to this point. Along the way, they'll make four choices and answer four questions. And today, in another first for me, I have not one, but two guests. So please, will you welcome Colonels Janine and Paul Main. Hello. So first, can you just tell us a little bit about yourselves and what everyday life looks like for you two? Well, I'm Paul and um, I have the responsibility of being the Chief Secretary for the Salvation Army in the UK and Ireland. So in essence, I um, work with the Territorial Commander and I have the responsibility for operation management for the for the territories. So I get all the rubbish jobs, all the hard jobs, all the complaint letters, all the, the messy stuff. He gets all the nice things like going to meet the king and all those kind of things. Uh, so, so yeah, and I love gardening. That's my my space to de-stress. Nice. I love to be creative. Um, love being with family. What does being creative look like? Um, home decoration. Okay. Um, restoring furniture. Yeah, nice. making. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, and I also work at territorial headquarters, and I am the territorial secretary for leader development, which basically um, entails trying to make sure all our sort of 
divisional leaders, service heads and other sort of executive leaders, as we might call them within the Salvation Army, are um, catered for for their learning and development and uh, assisting them in pastoral roles in addition to that. So that's my general day to day. So both busy, varied, Mm -hmm. a lot going on. Yeah. Well, we're really grateful to you for taking the time to have this conversation with us tonight. You'll know that our conversation takes place on this walk. And so the first thing we need to know um, from each of you, your first choice that you need to make, is where we're going to be walking today. Well, it's both by water, um, but in different uh, Different countries. Is that a deliberate choice? Definitely. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Janine will enjoy where I go and I'll enjoy where Janine goes. But mine is... um, we lived in Jamaica for two years mm-hmm. and part of getting out of Kingston, which wasn't a very nice place to live, was to head off to the coast to, yeah. to Negril or Monte Ocherios. Um, and there was a seven mile uh, beach and just to walk those golden sands in the heat, splashing water um, was, was, yeah, just idyllic. It sounds idyllic. It sounds lovely. And yours? Yeah, well, I thought I'd like to walk by canals and rivers. I do like walking along the beach also, and we would walk together very regularly. Um, But I thought we'd go back to some of my, a bit of history to the Hangothlin Canal. So when I was first appointed as a Salvation Army officer, I was appointed to Kevin Maher, which is up in North Wales, just a few miles out of Hangothlin. And uh, so sort of discovered that area a little bit. Haven't been back there for a long time. I thought that would be very nice. It's very scenic and beautiful if it's sunny. A very famous stretch of canal where it goes along the bridge as well, Mm -hmm. doesn't it? So you see all these people kind of walking or even paddleboarding and things up on this super high bridge. Very brave. And then we get to choose some companions to walk with us. And you get to bring along three people each felt it was harsh to make you decide together. Um, So there'll be a whole crowd of us on these walks, which is nice. Um, Three people, the first of which would be someone living. So I thought I would um, bring a guy who I've never met, uh, but his name is Joshua Becker, and he is an American minimalist. And uh, in recent years, I've become very fond of simple living Mm -hmm. and uh, decluttering and getting rid of things and we have a habit every year to get rid of as many things as we can in January and uh, live a kind of more of a minimalist lifestyle. I'd really like to have a good conversation with this guy, he's a Christian, and uh, to understand how uh, he interprets that sort of minimalist living. And uh, he talks about it being able to have more time with family, less you have more money, you have less stress, yeah. you have more time in your home because you haven't got so much clutter around you. That's a bit of my experience, so yeah. I'd like a good conversation with him. Yeah, it sounds like it would be a really great conversation because we can become, like if the things around us are busy, it can mm. it can definitely result in a busy mind, eh? Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Well, I, I, didn't, I didn't know who to, to choose and... I'm an introvert, and my uh, my officership forces you to be personal and relational. Yeah. Um, but my preference is to be quiet and be on my own. Um, so I chose Joe Bloggs in that often people along your journey yeah. inspire you. And I'm not into status or, or celebrity. It, it doesn't attract me, and I, I don't like people who court that. Um, it's something I kind of run away from. Yeah. But um, 
um, on, on, on the journeys I've had, the interactions with different people actually have been the most inspiring things, the thing yeah. that, that shape you and, and, and yeah. um, help um, you process life and faith and yeah. all that. So whoever's on the journey. Yeah, those incidental yeah. meeting and yeah. those kind of moments of encounter. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Well, that sounds great. So the next, so you are to choose a, someone dead to join us if they could be alive again. Okay, so I would, I, I couldn't decide between two, so I, I thought I'd mention them both, but um, I'd like to have a good conversation on this walk with Catherine Booth, not because so much about the Salvation Army, but because of her influence in how she enabled women to do things that they didn't seem to be able to do yeah. in the time, in her time. And I think, you know, she was a very influential, very powerful woman yeah. and uh, and had great influence actually on William Booth. Yeah. And I sometimes wonder who was the founder of the Salvation Army. Yeah. Um, and alongside that, she was highly influenced by an American Methodist called Phoebe Palmer, mm. uh, who was sort of was really formational in the holiness movement. So yeah. um, I would really, I wondered that that might be a really good conversation. She too started to um, empower women. She spoke up for women. She was a woman who did things way before the time, yeah. before her times. So. And I think within this movement and in times it can be easy to take for granted how significant yeah. their input and contribution yeah, to the way not just the Salvation Army is shaped, but society is shaped exactly. and the boldness yeah. that they spoke with. Yeah. And um, I am very excited to be walking with them. I, and that doesn't surprise me <laughs> um, at all. Um, so mine was Nelson Mandela and okay. um, just um, how he didn't come out bitter mm. from the experiences um, of apartheid yeah. um, the way in which he shaped a nation, the way in which a nation changed, mm -hmm. um, a, a way in which um, that has impacted other things around the world. Um, to talk about faith with him, family, I think he had a number of wives and all of that. Um, but just um, that transition from fighting for justice mm -hmm. and then receiving it, yeah. um, it's uh, and and how he transformed history, yeah. uh, uh, and and it's um, it's something that Janine in in seeking um, to advance the the place and the ministry of, of women and also the inclusion of others yeah. as well. It kind of it links into you because she inspires me <laughs> um, um, every day. So yeah. thank you. That's a really so, nice thing to say. Isn't that yeah. lovely? Yeah. I might get a cup of tea over that. <laughs> oh, this is lovely. We feel like we should have like a candle. <laughs> some romantic music. <laughs> some flowers. Should we all leave? <laughs> it's too late. No, but it's great. And we are really, really fortunate to have so many inspirational women as part of our history, yeah. but also around us day in, day out. And figures like Nelson Mandela as well remind us that it's about others, isn't it? Yeah. Making the table bigger. Yeah. Um, well, I love those guests. Um, and our final choice for our third companion is someone fictional. And here we take quite a turn from both of your first couple of choices, <laughs> don't we? 
Okay, so who's, my, who's, who's? mine is, and I'm gonna, I mean, we're both of you. It's two very... So my, fictional, my fictional choice would be Jack Reacher, and um, he's, he's um, probably not the kind of person that have a lot of time talking with. I think no. he's quite quiet and reserved in the stories that I read, <laughs> uh, but you wouldn't be scared of anything if he was with you. He would be just brilliant to protect us, you know, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I sometimes wonder if I should read about him because he's also, you know, you know, people are killed left, right, and centre yeah. all over the place when yeah. he's uh, he's around. However, he always stands up for the underdog. Yeah, that's, that's quite a sort of something that yeah. appeals to me, and it's kind of in my nature to do, to do a similar thing. And he lives a very minimalist lifestyle. Yeah. So those just a toothbrush in his pocket. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. He throws his clothes away, gives them to the charity shop, and gets some yeah. more. So, yeah. Oh, that makes so that felt like a real left turn, but actually that makes perfect sense. And um, and you, that mine's Mary Poppins, like really she's actually perfect, perfect in every way, isn't she? <laughs> um, and no matter what the situation, she's consistent. She's consistent. Like those children in the film really play her up, but she holds firm and. She she brings transformation um, and to be able to fly with an umbrella. Yeah, that sounds really. I feel like today like... with this wind, all of us could have yeah, flown if we'd had an umbrella. Yeah. But um, now I I like that. And then any messes we see along the way. Yeah, and and a bag that was endless. Brilliant. Need this? Oh, I've got that. Oh yeah, she'd have everything. Hopefully, as we go on the oh, bike. Minimalist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she'd have just the essentials but she would have all the essentials yeah, absolutely. there we go <laughs> great and we can move on to our first um question now and i know you're both gonna um share some of your thoughts on this but the first question that we're gonna answer is this how do you face change well well it's something i've been used to um i'm an officer's child so I'm used to that with, I had 11 schools. Um, as an officer, we've moved um, appointments, so we're used to change, mm -hmm. changing our context, meeting new friends, um, um, being in new areas. Um, so in new countries. In new countries yeah. as well. Although the, the country thing is an interesting one because that's the, that, that was the biggest learning for, for, for me, for us, when we moved uh, out of the UK territory into the Caribbean territory to Jamaica. So we're well known here. We, we, we're established, we've got relationships, we've got mm -hmm. friendships, and we left that all behind mm -hmm. with the security of that, that that brings them family. And we went completely unknown yeah. to an unknown people. Um, and and that was that was one of the, the hugest lessons um, about change and how you, you rely so much on each other and also on, on God, yeah. um, on faith. And actually, the community of God's people, wherever in this new country, drew us in. Yeah. Um, and we found our place. We found our ministry. We found our relationships. That was an incredible blessing because you can become quite uh, blase, mm. um, quite um, comfortable. Yeah. And here... Um, we we really discovered what resilience was, yeah. Um, and, and yeah, that was a blessing. I don't know about 
And I think, yeah, to add to that, it was a bit like having the rug pulled from underneath your feet, really. Yeah. It's just like nothing was normal anymore. Mm. And I did keep saying to Paul, you know, you have to be nice to me because I'm all you've got here. There's, <laughs> there's nobody else, you know, yeah. in a sense, although you did say, obviously, we did establish new friendships, but in a different way to those that we've had for years here. Yeah. Um, so I think that change was quite immense. And I think what that did help help us to do was find our identity more in Christ okay. than in anybody else or yeah. anything else that perhaps, as you said, you become comfortable with around you where you are. So there was a definite sense that that changed, that that change established something new within us in a spiritual sense. And is that something that you had to do in a deliberate way? Like were there practices that you adopted to help you do that? Or was it something that just happened? I think it was helpful because we'd established practices before we went. Okay. So, yeah. you know, certain spiritual disciplines that you, you carry out that had been established before. So we were able to really draw from them. So additional prayer and reading of scripture and times of silence that we enjoyed together. Well, sounds ridiculous, but, you know, we could be in the same room but still be silent and, and have that opportunity. Those spiritual disciplines that we'd established uh, saw us through that time, the difficult times. And, and one of the things that I observed in Lyndon Buckingham when he moved to be the TC in the UK was he asked questions. Yeah. So he never made statements, he asked questions. Yeah. And when we moved to Jamaica, we asked questions. And so we learned and, yeah. and you appreciated uh, their points of view, uh, their culture. So, um, yeah, so you, you didn't rely on your British understanding. Yeah. You, 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 the, the change was to to adopt and to embrace. Yeah, um, like lean yeah. wholeheartedly yeah. into the change rather than kind of yeah. trying to make it as familiar as yeah. you. And, and, I, and I think that's where we enriched our friendships um, yeah. in, in, in the Caribbean. Do you think that's made a difference now you're back? So like in these appointments and do you think having gone through that really significant change and having to learn those new things... Is that something that is is formative for the long term? I think I I can't I don't think you can not have the impact of it yeah. and how it's influenced us. But it's very easy to to sink back into what was comfortable again. Yeah. And we are very pleased to to be in the UK yeah. and uh, back with friends and family. So it's it's very easy to well you know almost forget some of that experience but having said that there are moments when it comes back to you and you realize that we benefit from it yeah and we've I, learned from it sorry and and i think the change is we've come into a leadership position that we haven't been exposed to before in a uk setting and there are times when it's lonely yeah. it's it's lonely being the chief and the the tsld yeah um just by the nature of the appointment and People hold you at arm's length and there are friends who know they can't ask questions. Yeah. That's that's lonely. Yeah. That, that's hard. And so and it's so that kind of yeah. being able to rely on one another again. And also really Anthony important. and Jill. The, yeah. the ter- so the, 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 four, the foursome yeah. is really key. Yeah. Um, uh, and that relationship's really key. And, and we're really blessed by that relationship. Yeah. So that finding those people, finding your tribe in like whatever that situation is. Yeah. I need to say though, I find change really exciting. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And actually, as of what I, I kind of long for another change. Yeah. And sometimes they're just the simple things like the other day we had to change our living room round. You all do that from time to time, I'm sure. 
And we just had to make that little change. And, and I like to see changes as simple as they are or, you know, sometimes a little bit more dramatic. So I, I really enjoy it, find it quite exciting. Yeah. Yeah, I feel I feel similarly. I do wonder if um, like officers and officers' kids do more furniture changes than most because of that itchy feet moment. You're like, oh, I've been here for three years now. Starting to move the room. Feeling a bit too comfortable. Um, that's really helpful. I think some of this might be similar as we move on to our to our next question, but I don't want to put words in your mouth. So this next question is, how do you move through suffering? Yeah, I was, I was really thinking about this to, to try and understand myself. You have to reflect considerably to answer these questions, yeah. I think. And um, I haven't experienced, you know, dramatic, traumatic suffering. I've um, lost loved ones. Uh, that feels like at that time yeah. it's considerable suffering. And I think to to move through those times is to be, I find myself giving myself permission to be patient yeah. with myself, to understand what's going on, to reflect carefully at what I'm feeling. I'm also quite a verbal processor, so it's okay. really helpful if I can talk to people about how I'm feeling and somebody's willing to listen to me and even give me some feedback and some some help in that conversation. And, and obviously faith just plays this huge part in understanding that whatever happens, whatever kind of um, things we come across that, that cause suffering, uh, that, that there's a peace, a deep peace within uh, that we can just rely on. And there's that great verse in scripture that talks about suffering producing perseverance. And I think there's something to do with holding on to that. Yeah. So knowing that as I go through that period of suffering, whatever that might be, I will be a stronger person yeah. because of that and holding on to what like, what can I learn yeah. through this experience. And how do you access that faith? Like in those darkest moments, is that something where those practices of like the patience and the like those relationships that give you space to talk it out or are there other things that help you access your faith in the times that feel darkest? I think alongside those things that you've just mentioned is is just daily prayer, mm. just time with God, just sitting sometimes even when you can't say anything. I t tend to journal and my journaling, it's not very pretty. It's just writing my prayers and my thoughts down yeah. to God. I think doing that enables me to, I don't verbalise it, I write it, yeah. but it enables me to express mm. to God what I'm feeling in the honesty of that situation and just know that it's fine. Yeah. in those times and and also the psalms are just a great place to go yeah when you have those feelings just find a psalm that sums up what I feel yeah and and read it and maybe dwell in it for a few days and enable that to bring me through because so they give us a permission to do all the feelings don't they the psalms oh definitely there is rage right. and grief and then the thing that they teach us is that nothing's off limits in our communication yeah. with God that it's all part of it isn't it yeah I, th I, th I think for me like like Janine suffering um hasn't been great um a, a, a significant experience um I think the greatest suffering was when um my mother got face cancer that then went into her brain and, and she lost a smile and it took her face and I was so angry yeah. with God. I remember driving down, um, having 
she'd gone into hospital and had the side of her face really taken off. And, and coming back and just arriving back in Cardiff, closing the, the, the lounge door and breaking my heart and just, God, why this faithful, beautiful woman yeah. has to go through through this. And But in that that I, loneliness, and I, I kind of threw God further further away and I, I, I just existed. Um, and But it was kind of, watching her just hold on to God and him being central, even as life was taken away from her and remembering um, what Easter at Boscombe, her singing, in Christ alone my hope is found, he is my, my help and my strength. And just seeing her faith just get brighter, even in suffering, restored my own. It, like I can see it still today and brought that healing and brought brought that um that 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 assurance that there is nothing in all of creation that can take us away from the love of God mm. um the hardships the sufferings of life the the cancers of life yeah. the 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 disappointments of life the abuse of people nothing yeah. um and and that that today holds me and mum sounds incredible <laughs> <laughs> and and I can picture similar moments of people that I've known and loved who have, have journeyed through similar things. Do you think, what's the difference? Like, you think about those people who are in that kind of grief and are able to to still find a kind of joy and connect with God. What helps them do that? Like, what did she have she, that got her to that place? Like, well, that may, meant that she was in that place. Well, as an officer, as a believer, she's preached it all her life. She had to live it out. Yeah. And uh, she she knew that she was safe in, in life and in death. And um, she hoped for heaven. Yeah. Um, and that's what saw her through those painful days. And she embraced life even with half a face. Yeah. And, was, and the embarrassment of mm. what people saw of her being disformed it didn't she got used to it it yeah. didn't bother her and she was still able to minister yeah, it, yeah it's it was an inspiration because yeah. kind of everything had been great yeah. like we'd had successful ministries uh, cores growing and all that good stuff and then god hit us well hit me hard yeah i wonder if there's something in like can that be taught <laughs> I, i'm kind of thinking like both of you say that you've not experience kind of that sort of great or that kind of ongoing suffering yet there are moments where you're in real grief and real pain and kind of your ways out of it and I'm thinking about those people who you will meet in your ministry and varied as it's been and especially I would imagine in some of those places in the Caribbean and the territory you were responsible for there when you see people who are in that kind of great suffering when that is not just a moment but it's the pattern of their life yeah. like how has what you've lived helped you there because can you can you teach that that's a great connection because one of the things that still inspires us from our, our service in Caribbean was the faith of the people yeah. they had nothing yeah. the, 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 their lives were, were broken they were hard and yet every morning I'd say to the cleaner at THQ how are you this morning, Miss Brown, she said, praising the Lord. And what she was meant was, I'm alive, 
I'm still breathing. Yeah. I don't have much, but I'm praising the Lord. And, yeah. and that was, that was, so in some ways, I think people who are suffering has got plenty to teach us. Yeah. yeah. And, and there's a lot of people with great faith. And you say, can it be taught? It is It is what we believe. Yeah. It is being taught, hopefully, through the way we live, through the way we minister to one another, in the practices that we, the spiritual practices that we have. Yeah. It's just trying to teach people to rely on God. Yeah. And that even though there are moments we can express how upset we are or how angry we are with God, that God never fails, yeah. that he never lets us down. And I think I think that, can it be passed on? No, but you can help to hopefully bring somebody into a relationship with Jesus that will help yeah. them experience that. And that is where relationship becomes really important, isn't it? You yeah. think about like those moments, like your mum, it's because you knew her and you loved her, so you, you see that and yeah. her experience is part of your experience. And the same with those people that you've journeyed with in appointments, you you do life with them every day. And so that becomes more than just a word, doesn't it? It becomes a lived experience. Close. Thank you. Um, we're going to move on to another one of our choices now. I mean, like I said, there's a whole gang of us walking and they're really great people. So I can't imagine that conversation was going to dry up. <laughs> but if it did, um, or if we all just want to take some time out and we want to listen to something, what would we be listening to? So I, I th I've got a really eclectic kind of mix of music that I love to listen you to. You really do? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so this, this sort of 80s music of Billy Joel and Super Tramp, Simon and Garfunkel, they're sort of 70s really, aren't they, more than 80s? Yeah, I don't know. And no, before your time. Really. So long before yeah. your time. I'm so young. Does anybody remember them? <laughs> Um, but also, a, a, like a nice variety of contemporary worship songs. Yeah. Um, the Goodness of God is one of my favourite at the moment. But, yeah. you know, I play some and play them over and over and then move on to some others. Yeah. And then I love classical music and some really beautiful classic composers like yeah. Helgar and Vorjak and, um, yeah, loads of different different kind of music. So I think it would be very eclectic. Like a feast for the ears. Yes, and Julian would say I'm boring yeah. because my repertoire is Salvation Army um, uh, and, and, and some church, some Anglican uh, music. Like as, as, a, as a kid, um, there wasn't money for LPs or singles. Um, and in a, a Scottish family, um, pop music wasn't something that actually we were allowed in the house. So unlike Janine, who... Who was a, a southerner and, and, and allowed to um, um, listen to that? I wasn't. Um, so, so my 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 stuff is um, more than wonderful by the international staff. Socks. There's total. There's a surprise. Total, total <laughs> praise. Um, how great thou art! Uh, I love Gabriel's oboe. Freed up priest. Um, um, all love that will not let me go. Um, sung, sung by Westminster Chorus that it, it just tingles yeah. through. And then recently, um, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus, Laurel, uh, sorry, Lauren Daigle, uh, that husky voice. Yeah. Oh, uh, and and so lots of my choices actually are, are, are faith songs. Yeah. It's the things that um, enrich me and remind me, yeah. God's, this is God's, God's in this. Yeah. And there was some beautiful music. So 
you would have heard some of it as you were, those of you who are here in the room would have heard of it, some of it as you were coming in. And I've actually created a Spotify playlist of some of those tunes. So if you want to um, have a little listen in, get a little window into um, Janine and Paul's musical tastes, then you, if you scan that QR code that's up on the screen now, and um, that will take you to their Spotify playlist. Um, and if you're listening to the podcast, we can put the link for that playlist in the show notes. I do have to say, there's not a lot of the um, staff songster songs on there because they're not on Spotify. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know who's responsible for that type of thing. But if you could have a word yeah, store and get some. <laughs> Get some ISS on the old Spotify. That would be excellent. And we can all have some yeah. sing-alongs then, can't we? Um, and I think I've heard this throughout. And your experiences are, um, there has been joy in everything that you shared. But our third question is around that specifically. So how do you receive joy? With open hands, really look for it, um, embrace it. Obviously, um, as a granddad or pops as I'm called, you get that in your, in your grandchildren, um, and seeing them develop and seeing them embrace uh, life and tell you, um, the stories of Jesus. It's kind of, wow. Yeah. Yeah, And their understanding of what they're receiving of God. Um, also looking, um, for joy in creation, like the the gardening link, the being hands um, in the dirt, uh, the blooms on my hydrangeas at the moment every morning yeah. bring me bring me joy just knowing that the creative order the creative the creation of god yeah. um is a is a real blessing to us so, and seeing that in others too mm-hmm. and listening um to that in in others so it's 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 something i, I embrace as much as i can yeah, and I think, you know, family obviously bring us joy, great joy. Um, our own children and um, their spouses and our grandchildren, just being with them always brings us great joy. Um, I think just being, well, nature in, in, you know, just being outside, I often sort of close the curtains, look at the moon, that brings me great joy, whether it's large or small, just seeing something of God's creation and how incredible that is. And and I I... I being in warm weather, the warm sun brings me great joy. <laughs> and not having to wear many clothes brings me great joy. So if you don't have to put a coat and a scarf, <laughs> if you don't have to put a coat and a scarf and boots and all those things on, well, you know, if I can just go out quite easily just with yeah. handles, it's like... There you know. is something really liberating about not wearing a coat. That's all I'm saying. Indeed. Right, and you can do a thing as well, really. Like when you leave the house yes. and you don't have a jacket. Indeed, that's it. I feel quite free. Thank you, you've expressed that point. it better than I did. Yeah, but just the jacket, I will be wearing everything yes. else. Yeah, me too. Okay. I would reassure you of that. Okay. Praise yeah. God. That's fine. So, yeah, <laughs> just, just being in warm weather, being with friends, being in nature, that brings me joy. And actually just being with friends and laughter. Yes. Just being in good company and laughing with people. Just, well, we all know it does your heart good and it is good for you. And uh, Paul has a very loud laugh and that always just makes me smile. When I'm in the corridor at work or something or somewhere else, I can hear him laughing yeah. from quite a way. 
away. Is it loud and an easy laugh, or are you quite like? Do people have to work hard to get enough? No, no, no. I'm, I'm. You laugh easy. Yeah, I, I laugh easy, and I'm mischievous. So, okay. so is the eighth floor more fun than I thought? Probably. No. No. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, no. We tried. It has its moments. It does its moments. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, I might just come and hang out there. Yeah. Well, a bit do. more. Okay. Please do. Should have our team meetings up on the eighth instead of. It'll soon be gone, of course, won't it? So we'll we'll find you wherever you are. We'll come and find you. And do you find it easy to make time for those things? Like, do you have to deliberately carve out time for finding joy? Or is it one of those things that, yeah, do you have to be intentional about it? Or is it just there? Well, I think you can find joy in the little moments. But yeah, for those, a lot of those things that we've just said, you do have to be we have to be very intentional mm. to find time to do those things and make sure we carve that time out. We make time for friends, family, and going for walks. And then do you notice a difference when you don't? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm not ask, do we notice a difference when we do? Well, and I do you notice a difference when you do? Notice a difference when we do. Yeah. I think when you don't do it, you kind of just get into a sort of a normal routine. But then you may find those moments of joy. It's just great. It's like a holiday, isn't it? Yeah. It's it's a moment yeah. of refreshment, yeah. It's great. Well, we get to our, this is our final choice for our walk now. Um, and this one's a bit participative because this one is, what are we taking in our snack bag? <laughs> if we'll fall, you'll be glad you came. What are we eating on the walk? Well, actually, mainly just chocolate. <laughs> it has to be done. And I love chocolate. And my favourites are Maltesers and Minstrels. They would be in my snack bag. And the key is that you have to have one Malteser and one Minstrel in your mouth at the same time and just suck all the chocolate off. It's just delightful, Dan. If you haven't tried it, you need to try it. So I've never done that and I'm really excited about doing that, but I'm not going to do it now okay. because I will resist right now. far too many people to dribble in front of. Um, I've not found myself dribbling before. I am a dribbler, so it's it's inevitable, absolutely inevitable. Um, um, uh, well, well, for me, it's uh, prawn cocktail or cheese and onion crisps. Oh, look, I have some oh. of this as well. Two, um, chocolate again, um, a twirl, chocolate Brazil nuts. It's like I knew I didn't bring that because Did I was worried about allergies. Yes. Oh, yes. So I thought that could have been quite disruptive. Yeah. And, and then wine gums, and I forgot to tell you about you wine did. gums. And I'm disappointed because I would have really enjoyed a wine yeah. gum this evening. Uh, they remind me of my granddad when okay. we used to come down to London um, from Scotland three weeks a, a year. We'd see our grandparents in London yeah. and going to church. Granddad always had a pocket full of wine gums. And during the sermon, we were fed wine gums. That's where my passion of wine gums came. Grandparents are so great. Aren't they, they are. And we're making sure that we do those naughty things as well. Yeah. I'm going to try a Malteser and a Minstrel at the yeah. same time, shall I? Do I? Shall I risk the dribble? You like dribble? No, I don't think I can do it. I'm going to wait till afterwards. Excellent. And our final question is this. How do you mature in service? Mm. That's a really tough question to answer, isn't it? How do you mature? How do you even know if you've matured in service? I think, you know, just life in itself, you know, the experiences you go through mm. enable you to, to, to learn from one time to the next how to, how to deal with issues, how to deal with people, 
um, differently and better than perhaps the time you did before. So certainly sort of a lot of reflection and learning and an understanding of yourself. I also think it's through serving. By serving, you mature in service. And the more we serve, um, you know, hopefully, the more mature we will get in that service. And, and trying to remain humble. Yeah. And not thinking we know the answer to everything, which actually is quite a challenge to me because I often think I know the answer to everything. <laughs> so um, it's quite a challenge for me to remember to learn from other people. Yeah. And to listen to the wisdom of other people in the room. Yeah. And to, uh, to, to learn from that. So maturing in that, that sense is, and I'd, I'd hope over the years that we've served as Salvation Army officers, 37 years this year, we've been a long time. Salvation Army officers. There's others who served longer. Yeah. Um, but you'd, I'd hope that I'm a very different leader, different Salvation Army officer now to what I was uh, when I started because of those learning experiences that I've benefited from. Yeah. And uh, some that have been really positive and some of the more negative experiences. Yeah. You've said that you journal, so would that yeah. be part of that kind of reflective process? Most definitely, yeah, yeah. Although I don't, I don't keep them too long now because okay. I have to throw them away. They just clutter up my bookshelf too much. So okay. they are something, but I do, do go back over them and remember some yeah. of the journey. So what are the way, other ways that you kind of do those things? Like how do you do that reflecting well and how do you make sure you're listening to others and how do you choose who to listen to? Well, I think it's just very intentional. And listening to others is very intentional. Sometimes just in the room, you know, in meetings we're in to make sure I actually hear myself saying, just listen, Janine, just listen. Yeah. And even when I'm in a one-to-one conversation, it's, I have to remind myself not to say anything but to listen to what the other person is saying to learn from them. So it's a very intentional practice yeah. um, to listen. And how else I reflect is just by, you know, sitting quietly, sometimes just thinking through the day, yeah. practice at the end of the day to reflect on what's going on and to remind myself of times when perhaps it's been worse or better yeah. than um, this experience. Yeah. Just also had to learn the little nudge under the table or the, the knock <laughs> of the elbow, you've said enough or back I think for me it, it's I've learned whole things lightly okay. it's not me this is this yeah. this is God's and sometimes I'm, I'm a fixer yeah. um, and it's not mine to fix yeah. it's mine to be faithful with and and as Janine said listen and and be um, to act and to serve and to walk humbly yeah. uh, but to, to hold it hold it lightly yeah. It's after all, we're not promised tomorrow. Right? And the army or you, or your work or your ministry or, or the role that you go continues. Like yeah. the day I, I retire, someone else will be doing the job. Yeah. Uh, so it's 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 holding it's holding things lightly. And I, I think I've learned that yeah. um significantly over the last years. Yeah. Um as well. Yeah, and it's a little bit of one of our mantras really, to hold things lightly. Yeah. You know, experience of losing loved ones when we were younger mm-hmm. so my dad died when I was you know just early 30s yeah. and, and other people have experienced that and similar or worse yeah. but I think you learn to just hold things lightly so that you you're not clinging on to something and it helps you to enable it enables you to to just move on with life and understand that we just 
hold on to the moments you've got yeah. and work with what you have yeah. at that moment and just uh, develop that as much as you can and mature within that. Yeah. And it's it's allowing people to call you out when you're not consistent yeah. as well. I think that's when when you've developed relationships you trust yeah. and you're able to, to say to somebody, so, you've got I, permission. I was wondering about that because you both mentioned like humility and... Oh, you say about humility, you say about kind of walking humbly and that kind of, that Micah 6-8 verses, isn't it? A really helpful reminder. But then there's also that challenge of, like, you guys are on the eighth floor <laughs> at the top, kind of physically and in, your, in the positions that you've got. And so how do you find those voices who are going to kind of speak and challenge when there is that sort of arm's length thing in the positions that you hold at the moment? I think you, you can still have close friends and good friendships. And I think it's really important to... I've got some good friends that will speak honestly to me and um, I trust them. And even whatever position, it doesn't really... It matters about confidential things. Yeah. And it matters to, to make sure you, you know, hold on to those things. But there's a lot of things about our own service yeah. that's no different to anybody else in this room that we would we would value somebody's feedback if we were to to step out of line for anything or yeah. so i think it's holding friendships holding on to those and and valuing them and, and 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 giving people permission to to call us out if we do something but even in our grown up adult children they yeah. they often call us out yeah and will often say it well you know they the one minute they'll side with Paul, the next minute they'll side <laughs> with me. But it's obvious that they're kind of holding us accountable to something uh, that they see isn't quite right at that moment. So I think it's really not easy, but you can develop those places and, and listen out for them. Yeah. The, the, the other interesting thing is we, we don't choose our appointments. We don't even choose to do this. We were appointed to do that. Um, and you have to trust that decision by others and also the way in which people speak scripture into you. Mm. Um, like we, we had a, a scripture before this weekend, the four of us, um, Anthony and Jill and us two, for such a time as this. Yeah. And, and, and it kind of developed. So you have to trust God knows what he's doing in this, even if we feel an imposter or, 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 or not able to, to, to embrace the, the whole stuff. Yeah. You, you have to trust them. And, and we've proved that in every appointment. God's, God's kept us, God's provided for us, God's resourced us. God, it's God, it's not, it's not our ability. And as soon as, as soon as it becomes about Paul and Janine, we're done. Yeah. Because it's not, it, we're, we're, we're nothing without him. And I think that's where the holding lightly thing, I, I totally understand that as a mantra because it's easy to kind of, only holding lightly to things because they've gone wrong is a way of sort of passing the, buck isn't it or abdicating responsibility but if you're also holding lightly to when things are going well mm -hmm. and and when things seem kind of triumphant actually then it becomes a far more kind of grounded and humility based practice it's like actually I'm going to hold all of this lightly I think that's something something that kind of minimalist simply sim simplicity approach that I have yeah. of like holding everything lightly not having to hold on to yeah. stuff and and things, just making sure there's just just hold it lightly. It doesn't doesn't matter. Those things aren't important. When do you guys retire? How dare you ask? Only because you mentioned it. You oh, were right to you. 
No, I can't. I'm not soon enough. <laughs> we're slightly different ages, so there's a okay. difference in, in when we retire and it's complicated. Yeah, nine okay. years for me. Okay. I'm just interested in how yeah. you kind of take those same things, like, forwards, really, or what comes next for you guys. Yeah. Like, what does does that look like, kind of moving into a, a new appointment, whatever that might be and whenever that might be, and whatever shape the kind of the next stages have? Like, what do you think are those things of service that are the kind of pillars for you? I don't think we've ever, ever placed any restrictions on that. We've, we, we, we signed up to go and to be available and, yeah. and we've done that. And so I think the pillars you put in place are just availability, really. You know, we're available to what God wants us to do. Yeah. And, you know, if, if there isn't an appointment, if it's retirement or whenever that comes, yeah. there's always this opportunity to, to serve yeah. and just to, to, be, to be available to God to do, yeah. to do what he, he asks us to do in those times. And some of that availability brings sacrifice. Yeah. But yeah. That's, that's, that's what we signed up for. That's our covenant. That's, yeah. that's uh, why we were doing what we're doing. And... Again, hopefully our lives are a testament to God provides. Every moment, God provides. Well, thank you so much because in that sort of saying yes, in that availability, you've made yourselves available to us this evening at the end of a very long day before you go into another long day (laughs) tomorrow. And so I'm really grateful to both of you. These are for you. Oh, thank you. Take home with you. Um, But I am really grateful to you um, for making yourselves available and you having this conversation with us and us being able to go on this hypothetical hike with you and see what wisdom there has been to learn on the way and there has been much. So, yeah, thank you so much for joining us. I'd really be grateful if you could join me in saying thank you to Janine and Paul for joining us this evening. So I hope you enjoyed our conversation as much as I did. And we'd love for you to join in with this and all of our all-terrain conversations. You can do that on Facebook by heading over there, searching for the all-terrain conversations and joining the group. It's a space to share the things that resonated or challenged, the questions it raised, anything that helps us expand on the wisdom in each episode. I would love to hear from you. And if you're enjoying these chats, Don't forget to hit the follow button wherever you get your podcasts. This will mean that every episode drops straight into your phone, making sure that you don't miss out. We'd also love it if you could share the podcast across your social media channels. And if you're listening on Apple, we'd love it if you could give the show a rating or write us a review. All of those things help the show get heard by even more people. We also have a set of sketch notes that accompany each episode. And they can be found in all their brilliance by searching for the All Terrain podcast or clicking the link in the episode description. I'll be back soon with another guest who will be facing the four choices, answering the four questions and sharing their wisdom learnt along the way on the All Terrain podcast. So until then, goodbye and thanks for listening.